Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the next episode of Disco Inferno, the podcast. I am your host, Sam. Right next to me is my co-host, Logan. Long time no see. We're very excited to have you all here tonight. Because this is the moment that y'all have probably been waiting for. I apologize for the creepy intro right there, but... Sam was really excited for the close-up late night DJ voice on the mic. We've been playing around with our mic setup. And you know I just had to do it to you one time. You might get it again in the future. To give you a little bit of a teaser, I mean, what better episode to give it a try than our first double date? An iconic moment in our journey. Once again, for real this time, welcome back. We are very excited that you've made it this far along with us on our journey, because this is definitely going to be the most exciting episode so far. That is for sure. Yep. Hands down. This is where things really begin to take off. This is where we start having fun. This is where the stories get good. No more vibe check, although there might be some more vibe check, but this is where the story truly begins. So let's not beat around the bush any longer. Let's just get right into it. It's Saturday, April 10th. And you know, I wake up this morning and I can just feel it in the air. You know, there's just something different about the day. You ever have those moments when you wake up and you just know something is different in a good way? I was having that. Even though I already knew that it was going to be our first double date, something just felt different. I felt alive, more alive than I have in a long, long time. So what happened? I was down on the Cape. I woke up. I went outside and not only did I feel good waking up, but I went outside. It was nice. It was sunny. There was a slight breeze. The trees were rumbling. The leaves were tumbling. The energy was alive. I just felt amazing. I was like, you know what? Today is a great day. We are about to get after it. This was like the first real day of spring that I could feel like for real this time. You know, that day that we had up in Cambridge when we were outside grilling, that was good, but you don't really get those days on the Cape that early. This was like the first day down on the Cape where it felt like a springtime day. So it was just a perfect day for an April day in Cape Cod. So I started to pack, got all the goods, started making my way up to Boston. And of course, on the way up there, I had to rip a little bit of Jocko Willink. For those of y'all that don't know who that is, he's a ex-Navy SEAL commander. And he's got an awesome podcast called the Jocko Podcast. And he has some awesome books such as Extreme Ownership, Dichotomy of Leadership. But my personal favorite is Discipline Equals Freedom. If you have Spotify, it happens to be on there as an audiobook. I was ripping part one of Discipline Equals Freedom on the way up there to hype me up. Because what better way to hype me up than having a Navy SEAL just telling me how I should go about attacking life? You know what I mean? I think this is something that people probably might not pick up, especially if you don't know us and you've somehow squandered your way into listening to this podcast. But we're kind of big Navy SEAL buffs. I'm a huge Navy SEAL buff. If I wasn't a wimp, I would totally be all in that. I mean, growing up when I was little, it kind of all started for me. I did gymnastics and my coach was actually an ex-Marine. Mm. 
and he used to drill us like we were like we were in the Marines back in the day. Um, and that was a great start for me. And we've always kind of, you know, we're out here talking about our double date journey. It's all fun and playful, but we've got, we've got some, uh, we've got a little intensity behind the, uh, behind the scenes, behind the scenes, I guess. Yes. Back in the day, way back in the day, one of my dad's friends that he grew up with, his son played hockey at West Point and we went down there for a trip in New York. And I remember being on campus and it was just awesome. Everything about it. Everyone in their uniforms. He was on the hockey team. We got to go visit the locker room and stuff like that. It was just so baller just being around all those guys. I mean, the military, the people in the military do not get enough respect in my eyes. Like I absolutely love the military. I think veterans are just amazing. I I love the military. I think it's such a cool thing. I mean, it's it's a whole different... It, it is just such a different like culture, such a different approach to life. It's intense. It's honest. It's true. You know, there, there's no... There's no glamour in it. You know, it's truly... You're out there, you know, just putting it down, putting in the work. We... Part of the reason we got on the comfort challenges as well, we both read David, Gog, David Goggins' book goggins and that just kind of lit a fire under us and we're like yeah we got to start getting after it yeah if goggins is intense i'm just gonna put it out there his book is called can't hurt me i definitely recommend giving it a listen um but i just want to forewarn you if you do it's intense i mean this guy is another level before we really start getting into the double date, we got to drop a little bit of intense stuff on you. So one point in Goggins' book, he talks about how, I think this is the very last chapter, how he looks at life in a sense of if he were to die tomorrow and he's talking with the big man upstairs face to face and the big man is talking with him and is like, I gave you all these opportunities to do big things and you just wasted them. That is his biggest fear. And that really resonated with me. I think about that all the time. You know, if... I get to that point and I'm looking the big man upstairs face to face. And he's like, Sam, you had all of these opportunities ahead for you and you just did nothing about it. I don't want to be in that position. So, I mean, we've got a finite time in this world. So, you know, you can sit there just doing your normal routine day over day. You know, hopefully you like what you do, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, you got to push yourself. You got to see what's out there, what you can do, you know? Yeah. So a lot of these comfort challenges that we're doing, it's just to push us out of our comfort zone. And hopefully, you know, if it gives us new opportunities to try things out, great. If not, hey, no harm, no foul. Part of the reason we made this podcast is for that reason. You know, we talked all the time about, oh, you know, what if we made a podcast? Well, the opportunity was right there in front of us to do it. And we just didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, listen. If there's anything we've learned in this experience, it is incredibly easy. Well, it, it's incredibly easy and endlessly difficult all at the same time. But if you really want to do something, you just got to start doing it. Yep. You know? Yep. It's very easy to just talk about it. It's harder to actually do it. But once you start, you're like, wait a minute. You know, you're like, oh, podcast, that's a lot, right? I mean, what? It takes you an it takes us maybe an hour at a time to to record these. Like mm-hmm. you can't find an hour in your day. 
Hey, you said it. I got nothing else to add. I mean, you could spend there scrolling TikTok. If you do, look out for uh, some TikToks from Disco Inferno, the podcast. We will be going on all sorts of content platforms soon because we want to get as many people involved with this experience as we can. So like, follow, tell your friends, tell your family. Like I said, these dates, these girls, they like to spend some money at dinner. They like to splurge for the nice drinks. And we're more than happy to pay for those, but the bank account is definitely a little angry at me, for sure. It's it's an investment, I would say. So there's our two cents kind of on the serious topic for the night. But let's keep on going. So I was ripping Jocko on the way up. Get me hyped up. This was around 1 or 2 o'clock, and I was driving up, and I was going to be there before Logan, because Logan happened to be playing golf with his brother. So... Logan said that he was not going to be able to make it back up to Cambridge for at least until like eight o'clock or so. So I got up there at like four o'clock. I was the only one in the house. The Masters was on. So I just watched the Masters for a little bit. I started, you know, getting myself ready, ironing the clothes, making sure that, you know, rocking the khakis with the cuff in the crease, doing our thing. I can confirm every time we go on these dates, Sam says he shows up in Cambridge First thing he does, he grabs the ironing board. Believe it or not, a couple of bachelors just out of college. Yes, I have an ironing board. I have an iron. You got to look good sometimes, right? And every time, Sam will show up, he'll take out the iron, and he'll be out there pressing his clothes. Dressed to the nines, looking sharp. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, you got to present yourself well. Even though, at times, I might look ridiculous, especially with this long hair and everything, I still love it. It adds a little bit of energy that you don't find in a lot of people, but it's the little things that make the difference. And, and that's one of the little things that, that make you who you are. It's the details. Right. So I arrive in Cambridge and it is perfect outside. It's 80 degrees. I get there. It's golden hour. The sun's coming down. It is just awesome. So I pretty much lay my entire life on Logan's floor. You know, my little duffel bag with all my things, my pillows, my blankets, things of that nature, hop in the shower, do my thing, come on out. Then I'm waiting for Logan. So in the meantime, while Logan is back on his way up, I put on my toxic playlist. That's what I call it. It's technically called nuclear waste in my playlists, but it has the most toxic rap that you can think of, which we've alluded to in the past. That's my favorite kind of music. I mean, that hard hitting 808s, future young thug i listen to a lot of different music and each type of music has its time and place but on any given day you'll find me bumping that you know hardcore south side atlanta magic city monday type of music so i was in his living room by myself blasting all that and guess what logan comes back he walks into the door what's the song that happens to be playing right as he's walking in nothing other than Little mama, show me how you move it. Go yeah. ahead, put your back into it. Do your thing like there ain't nothing to it. We'll stop there. But the one and only Disco Inferno brought to you live by the podcast. But this was the real deal. 50 Cent. I cannot tell you I had just gone to war on the golf course for several reasons. One, because I was spraying it everywhere and it was the first round of the year. Two, because it was a match, I was out there with my brother, one of his buddies, and then one of my roommates, and we had just had an epic battle that came down to the 18th hole. 
Um, my team came out with the dub. We did. But that was just a win of the battle, not the war. Because as soon as the, the, the final putt went in, it was, you know what time it is. Dance for dough, putt for show? No, 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 no. It was daytime. My favorite. So, we ripped it back from the course. I was all the way down in Plymouth, driving it back up to Cambridge. I've got the bag slung over my shoulder, and I opened the sliding door. And as soon as that door cracked, I heard the bass. I heard 50 going in. And there's there's Sam standing in the living room with a big old smile on his face, just breaking it down to nothing other than Disco Inferno. I was so ready to get after it. I was so excited. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a full day on the course. We were a little tired getting back in. I walk into that and energy levels straight back up to peak. I mean, how can it not when that song's on? I mean, I could be on my deathbed and they play that song and I'll have at least three more minutes of life in me. They should start trying that because it just, it just, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like encore. It's like, it just pumps oxygen in your veins. I don't know what it is. It's, I I don't know either, but he did something right with that song. That's for sure. That is 100% for sure. So Logan, he hops in the shower real quick. It was a quick turn. What I probably pulled bit pulled in at like eight thirty. Yeah, and we had to be in Back Bay for nine thirty. Yep. I got a shower. We got to catch an Uber. Um. So I, I I ran right downstairs. Yep. He did his thing. I was upstairs talking with his brother and his roommate, and then Logan comes up, and we decide, all right, time to call the Uber. Guess what? No Ubers available, so we got to go the gritty route, and we got to order a lift. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we order the lift, and then bam, 8.57 p.m., our boy Anthony rolls up. Anthony, my man. He's coming up in his light blue teal Toyota Sienna, and it was around like a 2005 model. It comes slowly crawling to a halt. The door slides on open, and we just hop in ever so gently. Our bodies sink into the plush cloth seats. We don't even know what could be on these seats, but we don't even care because we're just so excited to go. And we immediately hit him with the, oh, how's it going, sir? You know, politely saying that. We buckle in our seatbelts. Anthony, he tells us he's doing great, but it was kind of hard to understand him. Yeah, he had uh, he had a pretty thick accent. I, I don't know what the accent, I, I don't know where from. Yeah. Um, But Anthony was the man. Yes. And of course, he was curious what we were up to. If I had to take a guess, it was some sort of Caribbean accent, maybe Haiti, I think. I could be completely wrong, but... I, I honestly, I'm not that good with accents, and it was really difficult for me to pick up. Um, But nonetheless, he was pretty excited to have us in the car. He was... Essentially, we didn't understand what he was saying. It took us a few times, but he finally said, oh, like, what are you guys up to for the night? So then we tell him, oh, we're going on a double date. And he just looks at us like, what? What does that mean? Yeah, he had absolutely zero idea what a double date was. So we explained. We're like, oh, we're going to meet these two girls out and we're going to go get drinks with them. And then he starts chuckling to himself and nods his head and that we both are like, yes, sir. That's right. yes, He's picking sir. up what we're putting down. You got you it. You know how it is. And then he starts to tell us, he's like, man, maybe I should just take the rest of the night off and I could j- come join with you guys. And we're like, come on, let's go, Anthony. That's my guy. Now, listen, this is a great story coming up about the date one. 
if we got Anthony, the Uber driver, on the date with us, we might have to put that in a book. I think so. But that didn't happen, unfortunately. Unfortunately, no. But in my dreams, it might have. So we're in the car. We're on the way. And literally no less than five minutes, maybe even three minutes, we pull up to the first intersection. There's literally a car stuck in the middle of the road. Uh, the cli- the driver was trying to figure out what direction to go. People were honking. People were trying to run up on him. He had no idea what he was doing. And me and Logan are just sitting there like, well, uh, we're, we're about to see a big car crash on our way to our date. But hey. Just, you know, we talked about in the last episode, the roads up around Boston, they get a little bit crazy. You've got people on the road who don't know where they're going. And luckily, we did not end up in an accident. That is one thing that I never want to happen. Be in a car accident while you're on a Lyft or Uber ride. Not good. Yeah, not ideal. But thankfully, he got out of the way, figured out at least some direction he was going. I don't know where. Right. But so now, you know, Sam and I start talking, you know, we're like, yeah, probably. I, I was a little, I was a little bit nervous. I was actually feeling better about it than I thought I was gonna. But so Sam's the one that runs the account. I had very limited knowledge of these girls. I don't really know what they look like. I don't know. All I know is what they put on the vibe check, which actually is kind of good foresight into what they're like. But like, I don't even. I mean, these girls could be anyone, right? Right. And I saw what she looked like, at least one of them. I didn't know what the other girl looked like. And I was showing Logan the profile on the way there. And he's just like, well, that's about all the info I need. Yep. Here goes nothing. It's better going blind, right? I think so. I think it's a lot more fun going in blind. That's for sure. Even though the vibe check does help out a little bit, at least for some talking points. It gives talking points, but it's not too much where like you've been like texting them back and forth a lot and you already know a lot about them. So I was looking at my phone in the car. We're on the way there. Then immediately I get a text and I look right over at Logan. Do you want to say it from your perspective? This, this was great. So we were just talking about the girls we were going on the date with that evening. And Sam looks over at me with this inquisitive look. Don't say the name. I will not say names. And he goes, do you remember a girl named XYZ? And I said, Sam, you're the one that runs the account, okay? You should know. I have no idea. And he goes, huh. <laughs> I just got a text. <laughs> and it says, hey, exclamation point. It is XYZ from Hinge. And Sam looks at me and he goes, oh, boy. I don't know who this is. (laughs) I got that text and I was just staring at it going through the Rolodex of people in my head. And I had zero clue who this person was. I'm like, who did I give my number to? I have no clue who this is. So then I was like doing the math in my head. I'm like, all right, who, who did I give my number? Who could this be? Blah, blah, blah. Then I finally put two and two together that it was this girl that I was texting on the app the week before. And I pretty much said, well, hey, she lives like 45 minutes away. I was like, hey, if you ever happen to be in the area, just shoot us a text. We're always down to do something. Not expecting to ever hear anything from her. Lo and behold, on the way to our double date, she's like, hey, let's do something. I'm just like, okay. Which was great news to us because obviously, after a whole lot of rejection you heard about in the last episode, all of a sudden, 
when it rains, it pours. So she texted me and she's like, yeah, I went out to dinner with a couple of my friends and I got a friend that wants to go on a double date. So let's set it up. So I was going back and forth with Logan on this. I'm like, bro, we're setting up a double date on the way to the double date. <laughs> what is yeah, that? This happening? was a lot. I mean, we we were even tossing out. We were like, it's Saturday night. Like Sunday morning brunch is a thing. You know, are, do we have a brunch date tomorrow? So we threw that out there. We're like, so what are you doing tomorrow? We could grab brunch. And she's like, oh, no, I, I got too much homework. Then we hit her with the, oh, come on, bring the homework with you. We can do it. Yeah, we could help you out. What kind of subjects you got over there? And sure enough, what did she have? She had managerial um, accounting, right. some sort of finance class, some sort of management class. Business ethics, maybe? Yep. All business classes, which we majored in business. We could have done this work easily. I mean, that's, I mean, managerial accounting, that's, that's bread and butter for me. We said, bring the homework, we'll help you out. But lo and behold, she declined. Yep. Unfortunately, but she did want to set something up. So finally, we're still in the Uber slash Lyft and we get to this intersection. It's kind of a familiar intersection and I kind of put two and two together. We're over by the Prudential Center. Yep. And we hop out of the car. We're a little bit early. It's like 920 or so and our reservation's at 930 and we're like, all right, we we can't be this early. You know, you could be a little bit early, but you can't be 10 minutes early. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when you're, you know, standing outside the bar, you know, 10 to 15 minutes before the date. Not to mention we were nervy and it was a beautiful night. Yeah, so we started walking towards the Prudential Center. While we're walking that direction, I get a FaceTime with XYZ girl that was texting me in the car. I'm like, yo, this girl's FaceTiming me right now. And then she immediately hangs up. So I'm talking with Logan. I'm like, should I FaceTime her back? Absolutely. So, I, so I immediately hit her back with the FaceTime. <laughs> she declines it. And then she texts me. She's like, uh, what was that? I was like, oh, me, we thought it would be funny to FaceTime you back. She's like, oh, sorry. I'm like in my pajamas right now. Like I, I'm in no business to be FaceTiming. Uh, I was like, it's okay. You know, it's. Listen, we probably weren't either. We were out in the middle of like a dark street in the city at 930 PM. We just thought it would be funny. Yeah. I think that was your idea. You were like comfort challenge. We should call her back. And I was like, no, I can't say no. So let's do it. Yeah. But it didn't work. By this point, we, um, we were over by the Prudential. Wasted maybe like two minutes and then we're like, all right, we should we should go back and at least check in, see if they're there or check in with the host, kind of see what's going on. And we go to this place called Dylan's. I had never heard of it. I had never either, but this is where the girls wanted to go. So we said, hey, wherever you want to go, just tell us we'll be there. That's right. So we go over to Dylan's. We walk in and we'll give our full rundown on Dylan's as a date spot after the fact, but sure. initial thoughts on Dylan's, it had a really nice little outdoor section and it was a beautiful night, like we said. So the girls wanted to sit inside. We were a little bummed because the outside area looked awesome. Yeah. I wanted to sit outside, but Hey, you know, we're, we're doing this for the people. So we sit inside for the ladies and the inside, it's a nice vibe. It's like kind of dark, Seems like mainly just drinks for the most part. I mean, I think people were eating too, but we got there. We did get there at nine thirty. I think you know, it that's used past dinner time. I think it used to be a fire station. 
Yeah, it was a it was a cool setup in there. Yeah, so definitely I'd recommend it as a nice date spot. Yeah, for I'd sure. I'd go back. For sure. Um, so I go back, I check in with the host to see if maybe they checked in or something. They didn't check in, so me and Logan go back outside. So then we're just standing there, kinda waiting to see if they either text us back or if they just start rolling up and we just start taking guesses. Uh, oh, are these them? Are these them? Is that her? I don't know. Yeah, you're kind of playing with fire. You know, it's just you're it's like being blindfolded at, at a dartboard because we don't know these girls. We we only know what one of them sort of looks like. It's dark outside. It was just a bad setup. And the way it was set up. So Logan was facing towards the street and I was facing towards Logan, kind of towards Dylan's. And so Logan, he would be the one that would see them coming up. I was talking with Logan. I don't even remember what I was saying. I was probably just saying stuff just to get the jitters out because I was definitely a little bit nervous not gonna lie yeah I was I was a little bit nervous too but like I think I said this before but I felt a lot better than I thought I was going to and I think a big part of that was our expectations were like it's one thing if you go in and you're like actually it's just the expectations I'm not gonna push it any further than that we were literally going in with the concept like Let's have fun. Let's meet them. Let's see what they're about. We want to hear some funny stories. And beyond that, like there's, you know, we're, we're not trying to marry these girls. If we fall in love, it happens. But that really wasn't the intention. We had zero expectations of anything happening aside from just us giving this a try and hopefully having fun. Right. So we're standing there. Then all of a sudden, two girls start walking towards Logan I'm still looking at Logan. Logan's like, I, I think this is them coming up. I didn't want to turn around. I just kept looking at Logan. I was like, oh boy. I I was all talk all along. I was not ready for this. He was looking at me and he's like, he's like, what? So, so what are we working with? And I look up and I'm like, I see them strutting across. Two very differently dressed people. Yes. One of them. Got on like a leather jacket, some like faded, like kind of like fashionable blue jeans. The other is wearing, I mix up which color was on top and which was on bottom. Top was black, bottom was yellow. Yellow pants, like baggy pants in this like black baggy jacket with like bling all over it. It was, it. I won't say bedazzled, but it had some sort of gold plating on it and some writing on it. It was yeah, it was flashy. like it was like NYC, like like all sorts of like city stuff. It was pretty like I'm not I'm not into fashion personally. If you've seen my wardrobe, you know I don't have all that many uh, cards in the deck. My wardrobe is populated with things that my mother and grandmother give me, so I'm not really a fashion guy. This girl seemed like style was like something she very much cared about, and you could tell. Yes. yes. Enough, enough said there. Yes. So those were the very initial thoughts on them walking up in terms of their appearance, you know, both dressed very different from one another. Which was funny because I think you asked me the question, like, what are we working with? Like, you know, get me a read. And I was I was like, I was stunned. I was like, I have no idea what we're working with. So then I turned around and I still had no idea what we were working with. I was <laughs> like, okay. So... It's happening. Well, at first off, we didn't even know these were the girls. We just had a very good idea that these were the girls. 
I mean, it was probably at that point. It was what, maybe nine oh five, nine ten, or what? No, no, like nine thirty five. Sorry, all right, nine thirty five, nine forty. So we were like ten minutes after, and we knew they hadn't showed up yet. Yep. Were they texting you? Uh, I don't remember. I texted them when we got there, and I texted them if you happen to get there before us, like the reservations under my name. Got it. That's it. Didn't hear anything back from them, so we still could have been on the horn in terms of not getting a date at all. We could have gotten stood up. We could have. We're actually, we're waiting for that to happen. Can't wait, to be honest. Going to be unreal podcast content. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be awesome. It's, it's going to build character for sure. So they walk up to us, and one of the girls says, one of you has to be Sam. And we're both like, oh, yep. You found the the right people. These are the ones. And we immediately introduce ourselves with some awkward side hugs. Very awkward. Which, by the way, I still don't know the best way to navigate the very first interaction, especially with COVID going on. And like meeting people online. Right. But I am a big advocate of the awkward side hug. I think I would prefer if it was just like a a regular real hug rather than awkward and on the side. But- it's better than like a handshake. Have you ever gone? Oh, it's like, yeah. you know, like, you know, like stepbrothers when they like go for like the handshake and then it's like, uh, what was it like Brennan and, and the dad and they're like, they don't know whether they should like hug or handshake <laughs> and it's like this whole thing and then they just turn around and walk away. Yeah. That's like kind of what I envision every time I start a date. Yeah. But I handshake on a first date. That's just a little weird to me, but it's weirder not doing anything at all. I agree. I'd rather do a handshake than just standing there. Because if you just stand there, you are a deer in headlights for the rest of the date. Like, that sets it off on the whole wrong time. Yes. It does. So, we do that whole thing, and we introduce ourselves. I don't think... I'm not sure if they were expecting the side hugs. I, uh... Any ladies out there that listen to this podcast, let us know. Should we go with the side hugs, or what should we do? Because we have no idea what we're doing. Yes, we don't have game and we could use we could use recommendations on what makes us look the least stupid. Please. And thank you in advance. Yep. So they come up and we introduce ourselves. I'm Sam, I'm Logan. And we're not gonna use their real names, but we're gonna call them Paulina and Stephanie. Okay. Yep. So they're like, Oh, I'm Paulina, I'm Stephanie. And then we just start some normal chit chat. Where are we from? You know, general idea of what we do. Oh boy. I started. Oh, this was horrible. You actually, so I'm going to give you a brief intro here. So Sam was like, we need to make sure that like we keep things interesting. Right. And I was like, yeah, well, obviously he was like, so came up with like how I'm going to say what I do for work. <laughs> do you want to, you, you, you have to share with yeah, the audience. So right now at the moment, I'm working at a golf course down on the Cape and I don't really have a job title, so to say. I kind of just do whatever the director of golf tells me to do. I'm pretty much his right-hand man. So whenever he's not there, I'm kind of the one running the golf show. So whether that means I'm running the golf shop or if I'm upstairs talking with members or if I'm, you know, running the range, whatever they need me to do pertaining to golf, I'm doing it, okay? So that's pretty much a general description of what I do for work at the moment. And I was like, you know what? I got to start off with something, you know, something kind of spicy. I'm going to tell them that what I do for work is I make old white men feel really good about themselves. I was not on board with this. If, if, if I can just voice my opinion here, 
it made me uncomfortable hearing it before he said it to the girls. And after the fact, when I was describing this to Logan, I was like, then I'll hit him after the fact, like, oh, I'm pretty much a golf pro, even though I'm not a golf pro. Which, it's too too hard to explain the whole thing. Right. And honestly, though, I feel like unless you get a, like girls that know golf, they probably don't even know what a golf pro is. Right. So they're just like, I don't know what's happening. Right. You know, they might think I'm on the PGA Tour, which is the furthest thing from the truth. But one can dream. Yeah. You know, in an alternate universe, I won, won the Masters many times over. A couple of green jackets in the closet. So anyways... That's exactly what I tell them when they ask, what do I do? I say, oh, I make like old white dudes feel really good about themselves. And they're just kind of standing there. <laughs> they they did not know what to do with this. Like, they were uh, like looking at it. They, they had the brows furrowed. They were like, what? And then I was like, yeah, I'm pretty much like a bootleg golf pro. And then they were like, oh, giving me those awkward, you know, sympathy laughs. I was just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I know I knew that was a bad idea, but I had to do it anyways. Just, you know, you never know. They might think it's funny. It was not funny. It's still not funny. It was funny from my perspective <laughs> because I saw it coming from a mile away and I was like, you know, it's like a car accident and like, you don't want to see it, but like you can't help but watch. And I was just sitting there just with this like this wry smile on my face, just watching this go down, expecting these girls to hear this and say, yep, you know what? I don't know if we can do this. I'm going to, uh, we, we should go. Did you think I was actually going to say it? Knowing you, yes, I did. <laughs> but I thought somehow you were going to pull it off and they were going to like actually think it was funny and like humorous. And I don't think they did. Eh, you know, you win some, you lose some. Listen, I mean, this is a lesson though, right? Like it was a concept in your head. You had to give it a try. And now, you know. Yeah. So I haven't done it since. And right, you know, no harm, no foul. And yeah, I mean, you can always approach it from a different angle, maybe take off like, you know, like, oh, I make old white men feel good. Like you don't have to approach it just like that, but you can incorporate the same element you're trying to get at. Mm. Just, you know, you just got to re rethink it. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care enough to really get after it too much. I do make these old white dudes feel good. They love coming in the shop and talking to me. They love me critiquing their swing. They love it. I'm telling you. So I guess to be fair, you weren't telling lies. I'm not lying. I Nope, not lying at all. But maybe you should do it again. Disco Inferno family, do you think I should do it again? Let me know. Leave a comment. Say, yep, Sam, give him that intro again on the next date and we'll see where it goes. So that's the hot start. And then we're trying to kind of get a general sense of what these girls are like. What are your very first impressions so we're just doing the normal chit chat okay yeah i mean my first impressions right so they, they actually seem pretty cool they did not seem awkward no they seemed like very comfortable with the whole situation which if anything that made me like more nervous because i was like <laughs> what like am i missing something here like this should be weird yeah right like yeah. we just met you online you filled out our survey and now you're showing up here at this bar to have drinks with us. Um, but nonetheless, there we were. And the normal chit chat, you know, they, they were pretty, they were pretty personable, pretty friendly. And I was like, all right, like I can work with this. Right. Um, very friendly. You know, they were clearly pretty talkative, which was good because if you, if you know me, 
I'm relatively introverted. Once once you break through the shell, you can get me talking, but it it takes a minute to get there. It was definitely still a little awkward too because we were still waiting on our table. So we were just outside waiting until the host came out and told us that the table is ready. But we still, I think Logan asked him, oh, so how did you two meet? And they said that they met just through school. They go to a school in Boston. And if I remember correctly, they studied abroad together in London. There were, uh, that sounds, yes, yes, yes. That's definitely right. But they did, they did a lot of traveling. We were soon to learn. They did. So. So. And it sounded like from their experiences that they were total opposites from us. Just in these first three minutes, we could already tell in terms of the spectrum of doing spontaneous things and I'll call it the fun meter. Yes, I think what Sam is basically saying is if you want to have fun, you should not hang out with us. Yes. You know, it's Friday night in college. You can stay in and watch a movie and go to bed early or you can go out and have a good time and be up till 2 a.m. creating stories. Yes. We were on one end of the spectrum, which was staying in, getting a nice early night's sleep, you know, early to bed, early to rise. Except for me. I was asleep all the time in college. Yeah. Big time napper. I can verify. Um, and they seemed like the ones that would be out and about bouncing around the city, you know, going to bars, doing whatever, having a good time, and probably coming out with some good stories to show for it. Yes. And we could tell this immediately from the bat. So we knew that we were at least in for an interesting experience. I think they had us read like a book off the draw too. I don't I don't know what they thought, to be honest. One would love to ask them. One certainly would, that's for sure. Yeah. So finally, the host comes outside and he's like, all right, your table's ready. So we start heading inside and the way we're seated. So Logan is to my left. I'm to his right, of course. Paulina is right across from me and Stephanie is right across from Logan. Yeah. So it's a square table. You know, we're each on a each on one of the flats. I'm looking at Stephanie. Sam's looking at Paulina. And, and here we are. we're kind of just sitting there. The waitress immediately comes over and is like. Hey, how y'all doing? Can uh can I grab y'all drinks or whatever? Um, they grab a couple like vodka tonics or vodka sodas. I mean, no, it, like you're you're brushing over this way too casually. The waitress, we had literally just sat down, and the waitress was like walking by, like, "Oh, can I grab you guys anything right now?" Instantly put in drinks. Paulina vodka tonic right off the draw. Stephanie quickly follows with, "I'll take the vodka soda." Um, my go-to is a gin and tonic. But then, Sam, you're not really a drinker. I am not a drinker, really, at all. So I've never liked alcohol. I don't like the taste. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like it hurting my bank account like that. I just don't like it. A lot of people ask me why I don't drink. I, it's for the sole fact that I just do not like it. Plus, among other things, like we said in the past, I have hurt my body many times over. And I have all of these random injuries. I got to do whatever I can to keep inflammation at an all-time low. And alcohol certainly does not help that case. But I, the only time I have alcohol, I'll have a few sips here and there just to not be rude in a certain social situation. That's really it, especially in this day and age. Like, I, I've never been a drinker. Don't like it. Don't think I'll ever like it. Just is what it is. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I have this conversation with my roommates all the time, and it's like, you know, do you really like the taste of alcohol? I, I've actually, you kind of like acclimate to it, but like if you were to say like, do you want, would you rather have like a so, like sitting in front of you rated purely on taste alone, would you rather have like a soda or like a lemonade or like maybe an Arnold Palmer or would you rather have like a beer? And it's like kind of hands down. To like further elaborating, I don't even drink like soda. So that just kind of shows like I... I really just kind of stick with water. You're just a weird dude. Yes, I am. Let's be clear about this. Yeah. And I really don't care. But regardless, anyways. I do like lemonade, now that you brought that up. Lemonade is very good. That's apart from the story. So I order a Bud Light anyways, just to not be rude. I was like, all right, you know what? Maybe I'll have a beer. I do like Miller Light. Like, I do like the taste of Miller Light, but I don't really drink it. Did they not have Miller? Is that what it was? No, they didn't have Miller, unfortunately. I was going to order a Miller. If they did have a Miller, maybe I would have had the full thing, but, you know. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Champions adjust. So we ordered the drinks, and clearly they wanted some alcohol in their system. You know, get the nerves, ease it, ease it up a little bit. The nerves, not, the nerves that we l- really could not see. They definitely meant business, that's for sure. They were certified pros. Yeah, they, they they were way more confident in this situation than we were. And they immediately hit us with, so, you know, this can't be your first double date, right? You know, how many of these have you guys been on? This was right off the dries. At pretty much, we sat down, drinks were ordered, boom, this can't be your first double date. Tell us, what have you boys been up to? Me and Logan just kind of stare at each other, kind of... Shaking uh, our heads. Hmm. Should we make something up? Should we not? But we're gentlemen. We're men of our word. We hit him with the, well, hate to tell you this, but you two are indeed our first double date ever. They were surprised. They were extremely surprised. Especially considering the fact that we had a double hinge account. Oh, God, I'm not supposed to say that. (laughs) Bleep that out. Bleep that out. Um... (laughs) A double dating account. (laughs) And we sent them a survey. I mean, this seems like that's what we're here to do. We mean business. We double date all the time, et cetera, et cetera. How many dates have you been on? Zero. You are our first. And that's, I think, when they realized, what have we gotten ourselves into? I think they said it was their first as well, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. I think they did say that because, right, they had made a double dating account on one of the solo dating sites. They saw our account and told us that it inspired them. We're out here changing lives, people. Just, I mean, inspiring people to push the comfort zone. But they made an account and it got deleted. Which one would wonder, how has ours not gotten deleted? I still... I'm curious about that, and I swear it's because we paid the $20 to have the unlimited likes. Yes, yeah. listen, you know, people, money talks, even if it's just 20 bucks for unlimited. So after we talk about this, they're like, they just start asking questions about our account. Like, okay, how many matches you get? How many people answered the survey? Stuff of that nature. And then we asked them, oh, so what were your thoughts on our survey? And Paulina said she absolutely hated the survey, which... 
I was shocked because I thought she filled out the survey. Yeah, that was rattling. And we were like, wait a minute. Like, we, we, we like picked you because you guys had good survey responses, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, no, like we match with Paulina and she hated the survey. Like, was ripping into us for it. She's like, I saw that and thought that was the dumbest thing on the planet. It just made me mad. Like, horrible. And so what she did, she was like, Pauline was like, you know what? Forget about it. I'm not taking this survey. Stephanie, if you want to fill it out, go ahead. So Stephanie actually filled out the survey. Apparently, Stephanie is a marketing major and she is all over this type of stuff. Like she saw it and was like, I love this. So she went in on the survey and she made sure to make it noted that she loved the survey. So we had one person that hated it and one person that loved it. And hey, all we need is one to at least pique our interest and look at where it got us. That's right. But I mean, little, I mean, this was just spinning everything. All of our preconceived notions were just spinning on their heads right there. Right. You know, we think we're walking in and we know nothing about Stephanie, but little do we know, we matched with Paulina and she's the one that we have no idea about. And we were asking them kind of just about the whole entire situation. And Paulina was like, yeah, to be honest, like we didn't even really look that deep into you guys. We just were like, yeah, let's do it. You know, these guys want to go grab drinks. Let's go grab drinks. And that's really about it. They didn't really look at our profile that much. Stephanie, she had no idea about anything going on aside from the fact that she answered the survey. So they were just kind of down for it. And I respect that so much. That's the spontaneity that we were talking about how they are on the spontaneous side of the scale. We are not, but we're trying to be more spontaneous and see what happens. So the next discussion that came up, we started talking about traveling because they had just come back. They came back from Puerto Rico the week before. That's right. So, of course, you know, we were texting about that a little bit. So we had to hit him with the, oh, so tell us about Puerto Rico And Stephanie, she explained that typically, you know, when they go on vacation, they are very high energy, they're active, they're doing a lot of stuff. But this time they decided not to. They just decided, hey, let's just hang out at the beach, hang out at the pool, just chill, have some nice fancy drinks. That's about it. And we started asking them, you know, why did you end up going to Puerto Rico? And it's because in the past they had gone to Puerto Rico, they absolutely tore it up in the past. Yeah, I think they went the year before, right? Right. And it was like a spring. Well, but wasn't that wasn't that during COVID? I think I I th- think it was probably before COVID. If I had to take oh, okay. a guess, okay, it must have been because it sounded like they went down there and just tore it up, like spring breaker style, had a blast. But this time around, they just wanted to, you know, ease their mind a little bit, chill out, hang out on the beach, you by know the, the pool, vibes, you know, do their thing, have a couple of drinks, you know, just have a good time. Just get away from the you know, world. We we all want that every now and then. Get a nice tan. Be looking like a nice chocolate chip cookie. You know mm. how it is. Absolutely. So this kind of furthered our initial thoughts that, you know, these girls are probably on the complete end of the spectrum in terms of the fun meter. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're like, we just, we just knew. I think both parties knew that we were not really in the same part of the spectrum. So that led on to... We just started talking to them a little bit. Okay, so clearly they've been to London. They've been to Puerto Rico. Clearly they like to travel. And Paulina, yeah, she's, if you're looking at her, she looks like she's from some sort of Asian descent. We don't really know. Right. And so we started talking to her and she's like, oh yeah, I'm actually from Indonesia and my mom is still in Bali. 
So that was extremely interesting. And that, you know, in the past, they had been going to Bali for the past couple of years. Um, Paulina was hoping to go back, bring some friends, but, you know, COVID happened and that kind of messed right. everything yeah. up. Yeah, I think Paulina and Stephanie were, like, going to go with a couple of their other friends right. over to Bali. And actually, Bali, I've heard, is awesome. I don't know much about Bali. I think it's, like, a very, very... I think, actually, unfortunately, I think it does have, like, a very high poverty rate. But I think the country itself is, like, incredible. Like, the scenery around there is, like, second to none. I think that just means that we got to ask her to take us there. I think that's not a bad idea. I would love to go out there. Hey, hopefully COVID ends soon. Listen, Paulina, if you're listening, think about it. Shoot us a message. We'd love to go. And then they started asking, okay, so that's kind of, like, what we've been up to. They travel a lot. I think, too, when they were in Europe, they, like, went to Spain and all these other places. And then they're like, okay, what about you guys? Tell us, like, what you got on the plans for either in the future, where you've been. So we were talking a little bit. I don't really have anywhere that I'm planning on going except me and Logan are going to a wedding in July. Big wedding. Exciting. One of our college buddies. So we told them that. Logan, he's kind of bouncing around just a couple random places. I have, yeah, I have several weddings on the schedule, some bachelor parties. Um, it, yeah, it's a, it's a full schedule for me. But of course, you know, that's not that exciting. So these girls dig in a little deeper. They're like, all right, that's cool. But tell us something like really cool that you've been to. So we give them the rundown on our Bahamas trip. The Bahamas was the experience of a lifetime. So for those that did not go to school with us, our school, our senior year, sets up this thing. I don't, they're not doing it anymore, unfortunately, but the week before graduation, they send pretty much all of the seniors down to Atlantis in the Bahamas for a week. It sounds crazy and it is, and it's awesome. It is, was definitely the most fun week I've had in my entire life. I don't know. You know, it's one of those experiences. It's like right before you're graduating, everyone's excited. It's graduation. It's a big point in your life. You're done with finals. You have literally normal, no more obligations for like the immediate future. And they say, you know what? These are all the people you just went to school with, a ton of your best friends. Why don't you guys just go ship it down to the Bahamas and tear it up for a week and go have at it? And I must make it noted that during this entire time, I had mono and it, I was not feeling good. So like leading up to it, the week before we were supposed to go to the Bahamas, we had our annual spring concert day and I was, I was there and I remember telling people, I literally feel like I got hit by a bus. I just kept telling people that all day, something felt weird. And then the next day I felt even worse. So I was like, I got to get this checked out. I'm actually kind of worried because this is not normal. And then finally I get tested for mono and they come back. They're like, yeah, you got mono. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll be asleep. I'll be tired, whatever. Bam. It hits me so hard. Like I can't move my neck. I'm in bed, got the sweats, can't move, horrible, don't want to eat. And I was supposed to go to a wedding the following weekend before the Bahamas in Las Vegas. It would have been the first time I've ever been to Vegas. And I had to call my buddy literally an hour before my flight was leaving. I was like, dude, I, I, 
I can't go. Like, I, I feel horrible. I, I'm not even sure if he thought I was telling the truth, but I could not go at all. It was so bad to the fact that I emailed all my professors that like, hey, I got mono really bad. I don't want to come into class and give it to other people, especially with Bahamas and everything coming up. They're like, please stay home. We'll email you your finals. Like, do not come near us. So I stayed at home all finals and I still wasn't feeling good. I was talking to my parents. I was like, I don't think I can go to the Bahamas. And my mom's like, no, you're going to the Bahamas, whether you like it or not. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to the Bahamas. So my body kind of put mono slightly on hold. And like on a scale from one to 10, I was probably at like a five while I was in the Bahamas. Didn't feel good, but I didn't feel horrible at the same time. I would say that you handled it like a champ because I was with you for the majority of the time. And to be honest with you, I forget that you even had it because it was just like, you know, maybe it was just because I was in my own world down there. But like, I I didn't even really notice. There's something in the water down in the Bahamas that just makes you feel good. There has to be because I will tell you, as you can imagine, right before graduation in the Bahamas, people were enjoying themselves, probably having a few too many beverages. But something in the water down there, you wake up the next morning and you're ready to go. 9 a.m. It was some of the things that people were pulling off down there were nothing short of legendary in terms of comebacks. There were some comeback stories. I would definitely say there were some comeback stories. And we told the ladies about some of these comeback stories. They enjoyed them. They could relate. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate. I actually think they enjoyed this because we won't get too into the details. Yeah. But one of them was one of my own comeback stories. And I happened to be one of those people that had maybe a few too many drinks on the booze cruise. Nothing, nothing, nothing bad happened. But, you know, we went back in the afternoon and Sam being the good friend that he was said, you know what, Logan... We're not going to bring you back to the lazy river. You might drown. We're going to leave you in the room, take a nap, recover, and you'll be fine. And lo and behold, a little cat nap. (laughs) And, you know, a couple hours later, I was back 100% getting things going for the club night that evening. And I was explaining to the ladies that when this happened, I put Logan in, in his room, our room. And I was like, okay, Logan's fine. Whatever. I'm going to go get some sunshine. I do have mono, remember? Like, I need some vitamin D. So I go to the beach, get some sunshine. I come back, and Logan's missing. I'm like, where on earth could he go? Like, this is not good. He's supposed to be asleep right now. So then I start looking everywhere for Logan, and I can't find him. Eventually, like 30 minutes later, I find Logan. Safe and sound. He's just hiding somewhere in our room. And I just could not see him. I was just taking a nice nap on the floor, you know? Yep. But then, like the champion he is, was back at it again, tearing up the dance floor, making a disco inferno, so to say. Oh, you betcha. Wouldn't have had it any other way. And we also told them, so the way they set it up is every day down there, they had a different theme night. So like one night we would go to this like bar club restaurant in downtown. I forget what town we were in. I mean, we were just in the Bahamas. Somewhere in the Bahamas. I don't even know if they have towns Nassau, there. maybe. Yeah. And like the next night we'd go somewhere else. And then that night 
was the club night at Atlantis, and he was tearing up the dance floor. Absolutely. I mean, that was like probably one of my one of my best nights out there. And it felt great. I don't know what happened, but somehow some sort of communication got mixed up where they thought we had an open tab, and the kids from our school ran up a casual thirty grand bill. I think. I'm pretty sure that was the number. Something ridiculous like that. But once again, it, they also had the casino. We ripped up the casino. Some They're pumping something in the air in the casinos, I'm telling you. It makes you feel good. The casino was packed until probably 4 a.m. every morning. The only difference between this casino and the casino up here, that's the golden beacon of hope, is you can smoke down in that casino. So maybe it was the Marlboro Reds that people were puffing. I don't know, but the, that stuff gets to me, though. Like, I had contacts in, too. I have I wear glasses and contacts, for those of you that don't know. And, like, when you're in, like, the smoky environment, it just, like, dries them out. So... I actually prefer the Golden Beacon of Hope up here, but, you know. Which actually brings us to the next talking point that we had with the ladies. So we started talking about the casino and how we were having a good time. I lost every single time down in that casino, confirmed. And we were talking about the casino and how Paulina says that whenever she's with some of her guy friends and her guy friends are... Having a few too many brews, they always want to go to the Golden Beacon of Hope, Encore. And how she absolutely hates going to Encore. She's smart. She's much smarter than the rest of us. And I happen to mention that I happen to be familiar with the territory, not because of our experience. This comes back to the point Logan was saying when I came back dressed in all white. So, around a year and a half ago, I was just kind of bored... And I saw that the Golden Beacon of Hope was giving blackjack dealer classes. And I was like, okay, that'd be cool. So I sent an email, put my info in. Didn't really hear anything back. I got an email like two and a half months ago. Sam, we had to close down because of COVID, but our blackjack dealer classes are back open. Do you want to join? I was like, uh, Maybe. And then I started thinking to myself, you know what? This is a perfect comfort challenge. You want to know why this is a perfect comfort challenge? For a couple of reasons. One, I'm really bad at quick math. I always, my entire life, had to do math like on my fingers. So I was like, okay, it's going to force me to learn how to do quick math. Two, I don't really know anything about blackjack or casinos in general. So it gives me an opportunity to learn something new. And as well, you know, the businessman deep down inside of me, I want to see how a place like Encore runs because you walk into that place and it's a five-star establishment. Like just being in that whole situation, seeing how they operate, I think it would be interesting. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do blackjack dealer class. Why not? And then I'll get my blackjack dealer certification. I can add that to the resume. And actually one of the things I'm trying to do in general is I'm trying to have the wackiest resume on the planet. So if you ever visit me on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll see me you know, a blackjack dealer certified. I got a million other things that'll come up along the way and I'll explain those when they happen. But so I explained, yeah, I know Encore pretty well because I'm there every day dealing. And that's the reason why I'm up here so often because I happen to be at Encore learning how to be a blackjack dealer. Then I go over to Logan's house and we do our thing. And that's why I'm always dressed up and my white button down, my black pants and my black shoes. And I just gave her the rundown. And then they found that pretty interesting. They're like, oh my, that's not something we hear every day. Like, I mean, it's a very unique thing, you know, like 
most people, when they think casino, they think, oh, you're, you're just going to gamble. But for you, it's like, no, I'm, I'm actually going to work. Like, I, I've never met anyone else that is a dealer at the casino. You know what I mean? To it's get, not really something that people like, you don't hear about people doing that. To give you a little fast forward. So I just, today was actually the very last day of the blackjack section. There's two more weeks where you learn novelty games. And at Encore, you have to do an audition in order to get your license. So you do it in front of two pit bosses and they judge you and they throw all these curveballs at you. So I had my audition the other day. And like I said, I did this just for the sole fact of I wanted to learn it. I thought it would be a cool experience, whatever. So I'm doing the whole thing, go through the shoe, and then finally it's over. They're like, okay, Sam, come on over here. Let's go over the results. So they sit me down and they're like, okay, how do you think you did? I tell them, you know, to be quite honest, definitely wasn't on top of my game. Definitely think I could have done better, but you know what? I gave it a good shot and I think I did okay. And then they look at me. And they're like, oh, really? We thought you did amazing. Welcome aboard. You're hired. And I'm literally just standing there with my jaw kind of like slightly open like, uh, okay, I guess. I, I don't know. So, so there you I, have it, I, folks. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll be working as a blackjack dealer here and there. Your newest blackjack dealer at the Beacon of Hope, Encore Boston Harbor. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. You never know. I mean, I... Let me tell you, three months ago, that's the last thing I would have expected for anything, even two weeks ago. But it's another one of those situations, you know, this opportunity came up. Sure, it's a little funky. It's a little awkward and a little odd, but I might as well give it a try a couple times. See what it's like under the pressure. I mean, in your current situation, right? Like, what, what's the downside? The only, the only downside is that it's kind of far away. That's it. Right, but it's also an upside because it's also way closer to my place so we can run our double dates. Right, So exactly. You know, double-edged sword, but the double dates are good and blackjack is, is also good. So, you know, I, I think it's all for the better. I've. It's just my parents don't gamble. My mom went to a casino for the first time last year in her entire life. It's just so out of the cards for me, but just like that, I'm playing the cards, baby. You know how it goes. And... I, I can't remember, but I think I mentioned this on one of our prior episodes that, you know, one time at my place in Cambridge, I was the house and I had the roommates were all playing blackjack and, and I was the one dealing. And I was also, you know, I was on the hook if they won, but if they lost, I was reaping the reward. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've noticed this in your blackjack dealing experience, but the house, there's a reason the house always wins. There is, you know. And that brought up their next question. They were like, okay, so that's pretty interesting. What have you learned from it? I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I know how to shuffle cards really well. I can play with the chips really well. Then I was talking about all the little things that you have to do to show the cameras. If you ever go to a casino, they're watching you everywhere. Like, there's not a single space on that casino floor that does not have a camera on it, by the way. So if you're thinking about counting cards or something like that, you are going to get caught. No question. Word for the wise. Yeah, I, you know... If you want to count cards, I would just watch, what, what is it, 21? Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Awesome movie. Watch the movie. Don't try it in real life. So this got us talking about jobs. Yes. Did it not? Because they were like, okay, this kid's got a wacky background. Like he's a, he's a bootleg golf pro, casino dealer. Like what's up with this kid? Give us the rundown on what else you've done. So I tell him, oh, you know, back in the day, 
my very first job, I was a deckhand on a bachelorette party boat. And then they're just like, what? Yeah, I mean, at this point, you've got to be sitting there saying, this kid must be lying. I can validate he is not lying. And I just started explaining stories because I could go days on days on days talking about different experiences I've had with bachelorette parties. They're all so different, and each of them have just ridiculous stories. And I got, I even have some ridiculous pictures with the bachelorettes that my boss made me take. I wish you guys could see these pictures. I don't think they'll be disclosed for everyone to see, but they are very funny. I might throw them out there because it's pretty funny. It's funny enough to the point where only person I really would share these pictures with was our 60 plus year old golf coach because I knew that he would find them hilarious, especially knowing me as a person. He would eat this stuff up. So I would send it to him. And one year he actually threw the picture into our golf banquet without telling anybody. And then all of a sudden it came up on the big screen. And then everyone's like, hold up one second. Is that Sam? And then I'm just like, uh, yeah, that's me. And to like give you a brief description, the picture is like these girls, they're like twerking in front of me, all that stuff. Like it's, it was, it was a bachelor party that had gone off the rails. Yes. Yes. We'll go more into bachelorette parties in the future. Because I got stories on stories on those. But so I was explaining, you know, I did the whole bachelorette thing. They're asking me all about that, which then brought me to, you know, my very first day of work where the bachelorettes hand me the cooler. The handles on the cooler snap. All their drinks fall in the water. They got certain apparatuses that look like certain male appendages that you fill with liquor. And then you can shoot the liquor into people's faces like, you know. These bachelorettes, they're up to bad behavior, and I just lost all of their liquor by accidentally dropping it into the ocean. And I'm picking up these apparatuses and throwing them back into the boat, and I feel horrible. I'm like, ladies, I'm so sorry. Like, (laughs) we would drive, it would be from the Cape over to Martha's Vineyard. I'm like, once we get to Martha's Vineyard, just let me know. I'll buy you whatever you need, like. I felt horrible. They're like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Like, we got, like, two Coronas left. That, that's enough for us. Thankfully, they're cool about it. But I just felt so bad, especially while my hand's in the water. I'm picking up these appendages filled with liquor. I, It's just, uh, yeah, that was a moment that, you know, that's the only time something's moved in slow motion. I literally saw the cooler snap. All the drinks fall in the water. They lost at least, like, five bottles of champagne. It was terrible. But like we said, champions adjust and And then sounds like they made their way through. So I did that. I was working with him and then I was also a sales guy at a tech startup for a little bit and I was terrible at that job. I mean, horrible. I would have to cold call restaurants in Philadelphia. And one thing, I actually chose that job as a comfort challenge because I hate talking on the phone. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. This will help me, you know, one, my sales skills, two... I'll get used to talking on the phone. Guess what? Epic failure. I mean, I, if there was ever a failure, it was that I was terrible, but that's good for you, right? In the long, because it was something that you wanted to try. You knew it would be good for you. Communication skills, sales, etc. All of those are good skills to have. Right. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to do it. It was, and it didn't go well. And I didn't enjoy it either. I loved my coworkers. I will say that. Like, my coworkers were amazing. 
They made the experience as pain-free as possible, but I hated the actual job itself. And it got to the point where <laughs> I was going to get fired if I didn't start performing. And I was just, it was a weird time. You know, I was, I was really sick around that time. There was a lot of stuff going on and I just was not in the right space to be doing that. So I was one Friday, no, did not have any intention of doing this. I just talked with my manager. I'm like, Hey man. I really don't want to leave you hanging like this, but I'm out. Like, I'm done. If you need me to work for two weeks, that's fine. Let me know. He's like, no, no, we don't, we don't need you to do that. We we get it. Which it was happens. funny because, so Sam texted me that day and he goes, you won't believe this. And I was like, I feel like you say that a lot, but what? He's like, yeah, I just walked out of my job today. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean you just left? Like, I was like, you didn't tell me that you were like going to quit. Like, like what did, like did you get fired? And he's like, no, no, I just, I just realized, you know what? I had enough. And I walked up to my manager and I, I told him and he said, no hard feelings. Why don't you get out of here? Yeah. So, Hey, you got to do what you got to do. And some people are too afraid when they're in a situation that's not beneficial. Here's the thing. I wasn't beneficial to them and they weren't beneficial to me. You know, it, it, it was probably more beneficial for me leaving than me staying. For everyone involved. Right. And that's actually, you know, that's an interesting thing you say, because I feel like a lot of people, when you go up and you're like, listen, this isn't for me, they could take it personal. But like, if you think rationally behind it, it's like, wait a minute. You know, this, this does make a lot of sense. Yeah. They can bring in someone new who might be more apt at the sales gig, might be happier to cold call Philadelphia people and try and finagle them into some, some new software. But Listen, it's not for you. Leave it behind. I did learn a lot. And like I said, I love my coworkers. I actually want to try to get a couple of them on this podcast at some point in time because there's, especially this one guy, I've never seen a guy so bold and so brave in terms of just approaching girls and asking for phone numbers and stuff like that. We'd be in the line at Chipotle at rush hour and he sees a girl that's cute. And for some reason, he is just the funniest person on the planet, can get anybody laughing if you get his sense of humor. And... He, he's literally just walking up to girls and they're just laughing and they're like, yeah, well, I'll give you my phone number. Sure. Let's go. Hey, shoot or shoot, right? So, um, well, we're running a little deep into this podcast. So what we're going to end up doing is we're going to make this a two-parter and stay tuned. I won't go on too many tangents on the next one, but we got a lot of good topics coming up, including this, including Paulina, her work experience. Yes, which involves professional athletes and their I'll just leave it at that for now. Professional athletes. That's right. Helping them manage their lives. Very interesting stuff. Um we got into music taste, which was good. I think Sam is kind of giving you a little teaser on his music taste. Um they were also grilling me, but we'll get into that on the next episode. Um, even more excited, exciting. They started grilling us on our relationship history. Yes, they did. This was bold. This was bold, but it was very interesting. And to be honest, I don't know how many more topics we need to share, but the rest of the date was, was pretty interesting. And we 
can't forget the very end of the date what happened. We're not going to tell you. You're just going to have to wait and find out because let's just say me and Logan were in a little bit of a tough situation. A bit of a pickle. We'll leave it at that for now. Tune in with us for the next episode to hear how the rest of the double date went. Some more of our thoughts. And you never know what could happen. You definitely don't. See you on the next episode.